Because Christ lives, you can not only face tomorrow, you can face your work week and the rest of your life with joy and purpose. Keep listening to reflect more on why Christ's resurrection changes everything and how your life and work can glow in the afterglow of Easter. Also on this episode, giving yourself a raise and spring cleaning your business. You are listening to Working Upward, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Hello and welcome to Working Upward. I am so glad that you are listening in. I don't know what the weather is like in your part of the world. I'm here in Iowa. It definitely feels like spring. And of course, I need to talk about it. (laughs) That's my thing. Um, I do tend to mention the weather uh, more often than not here on the podcast. Uh, But it is beautiful. The sun is shining. I think it's going to rain later this week. It's been really windy, but I am ready to see more green. Um, And it's just fun to watch things starting to bloom and, um, and see spring right around the corner. Um, So speaking of spring, have you thought about spring cleaning your business lately? Um, This is something like what I'm talking about is going through your files. I think most most of us are probably mostly digital, going through digital files, cleaning those out, organizing, um, even looking at your expenses and getting rid of those tools that you really don't use anymore, that kind of thing. Well, if you are ready to do that, or you know that you should, and, um, and uh, you're not quite sure where to start, I have something for you. I have a business spring cleaning guide. And in that guide, I give, um, well, it's a podcast episode, and then I have a guide that goes with it. So I'm like a digital checklist. And what I do is I have something called the wrap method, which is when you remove something that's not necessary, you add things that are necessary, then you polish it up. That's my RAP, wrap method. And then um, what I do is I have like a physical a physical workspace and a digital workspace. Most of our, uh, most spring cleaning for those of us who work at home happens in the digital workspace. And then you take your, you make a checklist and you go through doing the wrap method, applying it. It's, it's nothing fancy. It is just a more methodical approach to spring cleaning your business. And I wanted to point that out to you is that if you're looking for um, a guide or just you know, some encouragement to start and you're not sure where to start, I think this is going to help you. Um, So you can find that out in the link in my show notes. Um, I am going to put the episode, the episode is episode 14. And then um, if you sign up as an email insider, which is free, um, that will take you to a page that has all the freebies I ever make related to this podcast and um, that is on there. And you can just download the guide. And I will put the links in the show notes. But 
I wanted to make sure since spring is here, is in the air, that you knew of that resource. The second thing I wanted to share with you is if you have, um, if anyone has ever come up to you and they know you work from home and they ask you, how do I start? Um, I have another resource for you. (laughs) And of course, I think it's important that you answer any questions that they have personally. They're your friend. Um, But if you would like to direct them to one page, like a resource, online resource, um, then I do have, um, if you go to workingupward.com slash V-A-F-A-Q, and I will put a link again in the show notes, that is a page that has all the frequently asked questions that people ask me about working from home as a virtual assistant, but most of it applies to really any type of independent contractor job. So whether you're doing freelance design work or freelance writing, um, it it all, uh, it's under the same umbrella. But I have um, the frequently asked questions. And then I have for those who are completely new to working from home and may not know how to, to go about finding a contract or um, the mindset you might need as an independent contractor, I have the steps all laid out, one through 10. I believe there's 10 steps. And then, um, and I also have that, uh, I have a podcast about called Virtual Assistance 101, and that's on that page too. So it's just a good resource page. If you or someone you know is interested in working from home, that is all there. Also, please don't forget that I do have a virtual assistant course and I have purposely made it a very low price. Right now, it's only $27, which is unheard of. Um, I, will, I will raise that at some point, but right now it is $27 and it's just a good way to get started and to, um, to, to have a plan made out like a, a chart, a roadmap. That's what it's called, a roadmap. So um, it's a map for your journey to working from home. And I wanted to draw your attention to that because that is there. Again, the link in the show notes for that, you can also just go to um, upwardvaroadmap.com. All right, so um, those two things I really wanted to share with you just because spring is around the corner. And I know a lot of people um, at this time are just looking for more direction, um, especially with the pandemic and with the political climate. Um, I think women are are wanting to be able to, to teach their own kids at home instead of having um, the culture some influence their kids when they're not with them. So um, I think more and more Women are exploring the opportunity of working from home, and I want to do my part to encourage them to see if it's a right fit for them. Now, typically at this point in the podcast, I ask you a question with the plan to share your answers here on the podcast. I'm going to switch that up a little bit. And instead of asking you a question, I'm going to ask you for a question. And that can be anything about your business. And then I will answer it here on the podcast. If I don't hear back from you, I know it takes a little while for these things to get started. Then I will ask and answer my own question. But I will make sure it's a question that is relatable and one that I know folks ask all the time related to their business. So let's do for today, our question of the week. And my answer is, 
How do I give myself a raise? Oh, such a good question. If you're like most of us, it is hard to ask a client for more money. However, if you um, if you work hard and your work is not shoddy, you have every reason and um, right to request more money. The key is how you do it. So what I recommend is, uh, well, first of all, remember that every that you are your own boss, but you are also your own employee. And every um, good boss gives his employees raises to match their quality of work, but also to combat the cost of living that increases that go up every year. Um, so you are responsible for that. And the key is how you approach it with your client. Um, I recommend definitely having it in your contract. So when you have a new client and you are onboarding that client, um, draw attention to the contract and the clause you have in there, which should say something about um, subject to annual, the rate is subject to annual increase. And then um, put it on your calendar, you know, every year to reevaluate your rates and make sure that they are um, in accordance to the work that you do and um, and what you really deserve. So I recommend at least every year having a plan to look at your rates. If you are at a lower rate right now, maybe you had a client and you're so excited they were your first client and you said, oh, I can do this for 25 an hour. Um, I recommend for virtual assistants, that your work be at least 35 an hour. That is the average going rate. And that helps with the cost, that cost, uh, the business expenses costs, your taxes, your health, all of that comes out of your pocket. So to make um, a good living as a virtual assistant and to, um, it's just good business practice, you should be in the mid 30 range at least. So if you're not there yet, um, I wouldn't just say, okay, uh, next year at this time is $10 more. That's a huge jump. <laughs> um, I would recommend um, having a talk with your client if you're already um, working with them and you never put this in the contract and just saying, um, hey, I need to, to make my business more viable. I need to be going the, I need to work my way up to the going rate of virtual assistance. How would you feel if um, if I raise the rates up $2 and then look at that every year? And you will, you'll need to work it up a little bit every year if it's 25, uh, maybe you can go up to 28. Um, they may, if they are aware of the going rates and you have a good relationship with them, they may offer um, to go more. Um, but definitely you can have a bigger jump if that is your case, and then just increase it every year. Um, if you are already in the 30-something range, then I would recommend that you um, raise your rates once a year and maybe just a dollar and until you get to um, the higher end that reflects your expertise and your experience levels. Um, and then that can taper off. I mean, at the end, if you are at the higher end of the range, 
then, and you're happy, you can just um, stay there for a while. Um, But those are just some ways that you can give yourself a raise. Um, Remember, there's nothing wrong with talking to your clients about it. Hopefully you have a really good relationship and you can do that. If your client is not willing to pay you the going rate or to work toward paying you the going rate, then that is another story. Uh, They may not be worth keeping. It may be, you may be better off replacing them with someone who understands. You also may need to educate your client and talk about the different expenses and what comes out of your pay and help them to see what you are actually making an hour. Um, If you are charging something like $25 an hour, um, you are really making more like uh, $15 an hour uh, by the time everything is taken out. Um, so uh, maybe just help them understand and see. I think sometimes there there are clients out there who view you more as an employee rather than a separate business. Um, so um, you, th- those are all things that you can talk about. And of course, if you have any questions about this, Um, Or if you have a new question, I would love for you to ask me and I will answer it here on the podcast. Remember, you can email me at mail at workingupward.com or you can comment or message me on social media. Um, But just I would love to answer your questions here on the podcast. If I don't have a question from you, I will have another fictional question because I have lots of them. Believe me, I have lots of them. Um, So email me at mail at workingupward.com or message me on social. Now, finally, it is time for our word of the week and it's corresponding biblical mindset devotional. Alive. Jesus is alive and because he lives, our life and our work is changed forever. Today's devotional is a replay of part of episode 11. Enjoy. Oh, and don't forget... Next time, we're starting our new series, which is all about lies we work at home women believe and God's truth that sets us free. I've titled this episode, Because He Lives, You Can... And before I fill in the blank there, I want to offer you an alternative to the coronavirus news and give you a recap of the good news which we find so conveniently laid out for us in our four-point list in 1 Corinthians 15, which is often called the resurrection chapter. In verses 3 through 8, we read, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according with the Scriptures, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Did you catch the four points there? Number one, Christ died. Number two, Christ was buried. Number three, Christ was raised. And number four, Christ appeared. Make no mistake, all four things needed to happen for our salvation to happen and for the good news to spread. They are woven together in the beautiful plan of salvation, which we call the gospel or the good news. Christ needed to die to pay for our sins. He needed to be buried in order to raise again. 
and he needed to raise again to truly conquer death, which is our last enemy and the punishment of our sin. And of course, others needed to see him to share the news of his resurrection and to prove that he was God. He was who he said he was. In the rest of the chapter, Paul goes on to basically say, if Christ wasn't risen from the dead, we would have no faith and no reason to live. Everything Jesus taught in scripture would be completely vain. And in fact, worse than that, because if none of these things happened, the death, burial, resurrection appearance of Jesus, then he would actually be a liar because he claimed he was God himself and that he would be resurrected. Conversely, because he did raise from the dead, we have every reason to believe and we have every reason to live. The resurrection of Christ validates the entire gospel, which is our foundation for life as committed Christians. It is essential to Christianity. In fact, it is unique to Christianity. No other religion has a leader who was dead, buried, and raised from the dead. All founders of other faiths are dead. So here it is. Because he lives, you can, number one, face tomorrow. Yes, exactly like the song by the Gaithers, if you're familiar with their gospel music. Take a moment with me now to think of some reasons you don't want to face something or even someone. What is usually the driver in those situations? Two things came to my mind first, and those were shame and embarrassment about something or dread and fear. The resurrection of Christ means he has paid the payment of our sins and has ultimately conquered death, which is what we owe for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He offers us that eternal life when we confess our sins, repent, and believe in him. We can believe in him because he lives just as he said he would. And when we believe in him, our sins are forgiven and there is no need for shame or embarrassment. He has removed our sins far from us, as far as the East is from the West. If you don't believe you can face tomorrow because you're ashamed or guilty of sin you have committed, all you need to do is confess it, repent, believe, and keep moving forward in Christ's strength alone. We can, in fact, face tomorrow. Head on, no shame or guilt about it, because When God saves us, God looks on Jesus and pardons us. Now let's talk about fear or dread a little bit here. There are things here on earth that we tend to dread. Disaster or hurt and pain or extreme loss. Okay, let's just get that out there. That's that those happen. But I think we can all agree that the worst thing that can really happen to us, at least from an earthly perspective, is death. And you know what death is? For believers, it's just our passage into heaven. There's an old hymn that says, Jesus lives and death is now but my entrance into glory. Courage then, my soul, for thou hast a crown of life before thee. Thou shalt find thy hopes were just. Jesus is the Christian's trust. Now think about it. If death is actually a good thing for us, what is there left to fear? at least permanently. No matter which way you slice it or what trial you're going through now, even though it may be absolutely horrible, you have an eternity with Christ in heaven waiting for you. There is joy in the morning and you have that joy because he lives. Because he lives, you can truly face tomorrow. 
and it's a bright tomorrow. Okay, moving on. Because he lives, you can keep working. You want to know how Paul concludes the resurrection chapter, all 58 verses dealing with the resurrection of Jesus, like this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And note this, he's not just saying keep working. He's saying abound in that work. And how can we abound? Because we're motivated with the highest motivation there is. We know our work always has a purpose, and not just any purpose, an eternal purpose. When we create, when we heal, when we bring joy, when we improve anything by our work, we are also in a unique way also demonstrating God's grand redemptive work. But wait, there's more. I've talked about it before here, and I'm happy to talk about it again. The new creation we read about in Revelation 21 and 22 isn't about a replacement creation. It's about a restored creation. Our work will still be present in the new creation, not as it is now, but in a transformed, better way. It's pretty incredible to think about, but in the light of the end of 1 Corinthians 15, we can be even more sure that there is a connection between our work and eternity. So if God says, let it abound, by all means, let's let it abound. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that it isn't just any work we're to abound in. It is the work of the Lord. Not necessarily formal ministry kind of work, but all work that aligns with the teaching of Scripture. For more on that, I invite you to go back to my very first episode of this podcast called It's Nine O'Clock Somewhere or Why Work is Good. Yes, I slipped in two different titles in one there. I'm not sure what my reasoning was, but that's what I did. Because he lives, you can keep working, my friend. It has an eternal purpose. And because he lives, you can stop playing the comparison game. We all struggle with the comparison game to some degree. We look at our coworkers or other entrepreneurs and business owners, and instead of rejoicing in their success, we tend to focus mostly on ourselves and our faults or wonder why we aren't as successful as they are. And no doubt, our idea of success at that point is probably just a little bit skewed, right? And of course, the comparison game doesn't just happen in the business world. It happens everywhere, in our own families, in our circle of friends, at church, on Instagram, and other places where people tend to just show their own highlight reel. But the resurrection takes away all reason for any kind of comparison, period. We're all on equal footing. Now, the truth of the resurrection is so powerful. I don't really know how to start in some of these points. There are just so many facets and angles to it that apply in so many situations in every part of our life, actually. But for this one, our constant struggle with the comparison game, here's just one aspect of the resurrection among many that apply here. Because Christ arose, we can know for certain that he is a truth teller. He's the real deal. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is totally trustworthy. He did exactly what he said he would do. And what has he said about you that is also true? So many good things. First, he said he has a plan. 
and he knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how personal he is with your plan. This means his story for you is your story. It's not someone else's. It does you no good to always be looking at someone else's story. I love The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, and probably my favorite book in the series is The Horse and His Boy. One of my favorite parts of that book is the emphasis that Aslan, the gray lion, puts on the fact that each character, person or horse, had a unique story, and they just needed to wait it out to see the beautiful ending. You know what else Jesus told you? Remember, he said he would rise again, and he did. So everything he told us in scripture is absolutely true. He has also told you that once he saves you, you are forgiven. That means we don't have to strive for acceptance ever again. We are already accepted in the beloved. So there you go. Because he lives, you can trust him to keep his word and his plan for you. Because he lives, you are forgiven and no longer need to strive for acceptance from him or anyone else. Because he lives, you can stop the comparison game. Also because he lives, and this is the last one, you can be bold in sharing the good news of the gospel. When Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, what did he do? He gave the great commission, right? Let's read that in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Don't you just love that last part? There they were, 11 disciples, some still doubting, even after seeing him alive. Remember, they saw him die too, and it was a pretty gruesome, awful death. And how does Jesus encourage them to keep spreading the good news? By reminding them that he is with them always. He's with us always too. Why? Because he's alive. He arose. It's like he's saying, look, even death can't keep me away from you. I love what Paul says later in 2 Corinthians 3.12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. There is a direct link between the hope we have as Christians and our capacity to be very bold. Now, boldness, at least to me, is something a lot easier said than done. I need verses like these to help me. I need to remember that Jesus rose again, just as he said. I need to remember he is with me. And you know what? If I'm really honest with myself, most of the time that I am fearful or not bold, it's because I'm fearful about being politically incorrect. I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to be insensitive or uncaring. I don't want a lawsuit. And too often that makes me freeze and not say anything at all. But you know what I need to do when that happens? I need to remember that Jesus conquered Satan and death when he rose victorious from the grave. Jesus is alive, and we through him have already won the battle. We can keep fighting for truth and sharing the gospel because we know the end of the story. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, you can keep working. 
Because he lives, you can stop the comparison game. And because he lives, you can be bold in sharing the good news. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up. Thank you.